welcome to Love at First Screening's special series, Rom-Com Road Trip, where we take you on a winding journey to find the best love and laughter as we create a rom-com plot of our own. So grab your favorite snacks. Like, I don't know, M&M's. That'll work. Or one of those giant pickles in a bag. <laughs> Sorry, I can't stop thinking about giant pickles in a bag. Well, <laughs> either way... Hurry, we've got a few friends to pick up. I call shotgun. You drive. <laughs> Buckle, Buckle up. up. <laughs> we're never going to get that right. Oh, it's okay. Man. We're only, what, this is episode four of mm-hmm. this? I think I don't want this to have to last a super long time because general reminder to everyone, this exists because WGA and SAG after strikes and um, people not being paid fairly. But you know what? Maybe by the end of it, we'll be able to speak in sync. We we can dream. Dream on, as some would say. Dream on. Dream on. <laughs> Do you want to go for the high note? No, because remember, the cold of 22. The cold of 22. Has permanently fucked up my voice and I can't hit higher notes. I have to sing at a lower register. This is terrible for me. What was I trying to sing earlier? And I was just like so mad because I got to a part and I went (laughs) like it, it got and I like my voice cracked. I don't know, but I think I entertained someone a lot on my drive home today uh, because I was just going balls to the wall with uh, (laughs) Salt in the Wound by Boy Genius. We like pulled up beside one another I wasn't really paying attention but they also had their windows down because when I'm listening to Boy Genius it's an experience that you have to have really loud with the windows down and I look over and the driver just gives me a thumbs up I don't know what that means but I got a thumbs up I had a a guy I went to high school with but we ended up at the same like community college like right after high school and I don't know I, I, I listened to a lot of music in the car and I was probably driving home from class or work, but apparently he saw me and then he bumped into me in the hallway and he was like, oh, hey, like, how are you doing? What's up? And then he goes, yeah, I saw you the other day in your car. You were like jamming to something. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it was probably Pierce the Veil or uh, You Me at Six, to be honest. Like, I... <laughs> Was just very into. It could have been a day to remember. I I don't know. It was. Those are the bands that I was listening to on repeat. So I'm assuming it was one of those. But who knows? That's amazing. And I like resisted uh, Spotify for a very long time. Like I I don't know. Let's be real. I I still have some questions about how artists are like paid, and mostly I just think they're probably not. But it wasn't really about that for me. It was like, I still have CDs from high school and and I I don't know. It I'll, It's probably going to be hard to get rid of them. But um, I remember when I was like, like right when, I don't remember when Spotify like was a, like became a thing, but I was so resistant to it because I was like, well, like I'm just going to pay for the music that I want. I don't know why I'm mimicking myself as if I'm, a teenage boy but i was trying to see like a frat bro (laughs) yeah like man i don't you should pay for music (laughs) i think people should be compensated for their artistry okay chad (laughs) 
and then you just break out a guitar and you're like, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Don't worry, I bought the rights to perform this. Or <laughs> uh, God forbid a John Mayer song. Ugh. Yeah. I can't even name a John Mayer song, so Yep, couldn't tell you. I, I like don't know a single one. Thank like God. I might know them, it's just I I wouldn't identify it you know what i mean oh i just thought of one and i got sad i won't even oh. name it it's not worth it sad. it just makes me sad that i can recognize in my head like that's a john mayer song wait can i tell you a really embarrassing story i want nothing more okay so in high school my senior year of high school i took an ap human geography class and we had this project where we had to plan a world tour for a band um and the whole point was that we would we had to do all this research about like what tickets should cost there and like how we're getting from place to place like that was sort of what we were doing but it was fun because it was like oh well of course almost everybody in that class is like maybe not top 40 but certainly like artists like they're the kid the kid actually that that um saw me jamming in my car he was a huge beatles person so mm. like you could play like it didn't have to be people that were alive like it was just supposed to be fun so anyway but my my teacher had said oh you can if you if you want like if it's a band i will not have heard of you know you can make me a mix cd and i think with my whole heart that he was probably just joking but the thing was i i was like oh my god i will bless this man <laughs> with a mix cd <laughs> That I burned myself <laughs> of Yumi at six. And I went through all of the albums that were out at the time, which were at least four, three or four. And I went through all of them and I like, it was like the best of, and then I like ranked them and then I burnt them. And then I made him like, I printed out like a little thing for the CD and so when I turned in my project, I turned in the CD and he just kind of stared at it and he was like, oh, what is this? And I was like, oh, well, like, it's my favorite band and you probably haven't heard of them because no one had heard of them. And I am watching his face and like, I am just like curling up into the fetal position in my soul because I realized that like I, I should have and I was just like immediate regret immediate oh, regret no. oh my god i'm sure he I... never listened to that i'm sure after i left that class he promptly deposited that into the garbage what made that worse was that not only was that in itself just really cringy but the other part of this story is that he was one of the younger teachers so like he was definitely a lot of girls had a crush on him i did not for obvious reasons um yeah i was then Nervous isn't the right word because that would be in anticipation. I was looking back on the situation and I was like, oh, like filled with regret. And I had talked to a couple people about it and I could see on their faces that they were like, oh, Chelsea, you have a little crush. You have a little crush on your teacher and that's why you made him a big CD. And I'm like, no, I was trying to educate him on good pop punk music. Okay. (laughs) I had an agenda. (laughs) I love this. So fucking much. This is incredible. Thank you. It just it just sends me back to also. You know what? You did that in fucking what high school? You said I was a senior in high school, so I was prop. I was seventeen or eighteen. <laughs> I remember sending like 
Okay, so when Hosier put out uh, Nina Cried Power, I was in college. We were in college, and um, I decided that I needed to send it to a professor because I was like, I know that this professor has an interest in both protest music and also potentially Nina Simone. Uh, or any of the people listed in this song. And they got back to me and they're like, I'm a Billie Holiday person. And that was it. And I was like, you know what? I was just trying to, you know, I overstepped and that's on me. I get that. Well, and I was also the kind of kid that I, I did not care about validation from people outside of my personal friend group, but except yeah. for like teachers that I because like I I was that kid and yeah and so I didn't care that other people didn't know who I was or maybe didn't like me like I was just like whatever I mean I didn't want to be in a fight with my friends or whatever I needed them to like me but other yeah. people I was like I don't give a shit but I needed teachers to like me and so that was also probably it was like oh my god I'm going to introduce him to his favorite band and then I will be his favorite student you'll go down in history and he will talk about me for years to come because you know you've always had teachers that like talked about students mm -hmm. and honestly at this point I think the only teacher that probably still talks about me in any fashion is probably one of our professors because I was in the infamous intermediate comp class Oh, yes. And I know he talked about us. I mean, it wasn't me yep. specifically. It was just the class is well, going down in history is something else. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's a wonder you know he's still teaching. <laughs> I was about to say, I that same professor, bless them, because it was, I think it was advanced comp that I had them for. And something... <laughs> like a traumatic happened in that class oh yeah wow yeah yeah so you know what kudos to that professor for still teaching and not throwing in the towel after dealing with both of us in some capacity not that we were the issues but we were there to witness the struggle although this is the professor who told me that i needed to stop answering questions in class because you were always getting them right yeah you didn't let other people talk no, didn't want to. Yeah. Well, you have the right answers. Class, yeah. So Exactly. We're just trying to get through this expediently. Yeah. And actually, there was one time that they were like, hey, um, what about X? And it was for this one reading that was about wasps and the parasites that burrow into wasps and stuff like that. And um, I, my bug phobia was a lot worse then than it is now um mostly through exposure therapy of living on my own and having to kill my own bug uh but I could not get through the reading because it grossed me out too much like it made me physically nauseous and they go Madison and I went sorry I didn't I didn't finish this one uh I, I actually have a bug phobia and this just icked me out way too much to finish it and they were like I should have put that as a content warning. I didn't think about it. And then continued on. <laughs> anyway, enough of me. More of me now. Okay. 
so enough of me but more of me if you will so chelsea uh you tasked me with a grumpy sunshine and i don't know if i really lived up to it wow and so setting my expectations low okay yeah i i just i really wanted to do that at the top so you're not walking into this going like i love grumpy sunshine this is gonna be amazing um i feel like i just kind of undershot it i tried but i the creative juices they were dry for this but to start everything out i'm gonna go ahead and get four names the first uh if you can give me a femme name that starts with c claudia love that one of my favorite people is named claudia shout out okay and then give me a masked name that starts with e evan i knew you were gonna say that don't tell me how i just i just know these that was i tried because i thought it and i was like i don't totally love that name but i couldn't think of another one so i was like nah, it's fine and then give me an old lady name that starts with a g gertrude love us a gertie love her okay gertrude and then lastly give me a cat name a grumpy cat name a grumpy cat name a grumpy cat that lives in a bookstore Mm. okay i'm definitely intrigued by this story melvin what a name Melvin, unfortunately, really doesn't get mentioned, like, a whole super lot. Just letting you you know now. I know. I know. Well, we're going to write a spinoff eventually. That's just the adventures of Melvin. So, (laughs) he'll get his time. All right. So, Claudia is a romance bookstore manager who has never been in a serious relationship. She is convinced that all is doomed to fail because it could never amount to what is on the page. After all, her parents divorced when she was eight and her father remarried three other times since the divorce and her mother never remarried. Claudia has not even gone on a date in about three years, deciding that the love interests in and on her bedside table serve her far better. Thus, when the older owner of the romance bookstore Gertrude expands the shop to include a coffee and wine bar at her children's suggestion and hires a perpetually over-caffeinated cafe manager that Claudia has an undeniable chemistry with. Claudia does everything she can to remember that love should remain imprint, not in her life, especially not someone who she works with. To manage this relationship, she's especially stony and cold towards the cafe manager, Evan. Evan, on the other hand, is hopeful that love is just around the corner after growing up with two parents who couldn't be more in love. Their love story is a goddamn hallmark sort of, you know, love, not in the whole suddenly trapped in a small town sort of sense, uh, because that's a horror movie, but... In the, oh my gosh, I can't believe you have such a cute story and you've been together for 30 years, sort of vibe. After spending what feels like a million years trapped in a hellhole that is the corporate coffee chain Space Deer he used to work for, 
And bartending on the weekends at the local dive bar, he's thrilled for the opportunity to lead his own little cafe. Did you just get spaced? <laughs> well, well, it just hit me like, okay, spaced here, sure. You just came up with a name for a coffee shop. And then I went, wait. Oh, that's very funny. Thank you. I went back and forth on like six different versions of it. Like at one point there was galaxy money. Um, but that wasn't as good as Space Deer. So <laughs> I honestly I love when uh media like clearly is trying to just riff on actual like corporations. It's yeah. like there was a certain children's network that I won't name for obvious reasons. Um, that instead of Apple they had pear products on and it mm. was the entire network at any of their shows all they had like mm-hmm. a pear pad and a pear phone instead of apple and i thought that was very amusing exactly um so now he has his own opportunity to lead his his little cafe in the bookstore and it allows him to time to be able to spend with his friends and potentially even date something he hasn't had much luck with because he hasn't been able to get beyond three months with someone beyond that his optimistic personality and gentle nature draws people to him that is until he meets the manager of the bookstore the cafe is in and she treats him oddly with contempt with contempt after an initial warm and maybe even a little flirtatious interview and introduction as someone who cannot stand the idea of someone disliking him Evan makes it his personal mission to get Claudia to like him, but with trying to recruit the other bookstore employees to his cause as well. Through multiple cinnamon oat milk lattes, Claudia's favorite, just so happens to be mine too, uh, and group conversations, Evan can see Claudia's veneer start to crack. I mean, even the slightly grumpy bookstore cat Melvin likes him. So why can't Claudia? Meanwhile, Claudia is trying her best to resist the obvious charm of Evan, but knows that she cannot keep up the facade forever. In a moment of honesty driven by two glasses of wine at the bookstore's monthly open mic night, she admits to her other co-worker, whose name begins with a Q. Anybody? Anybody. I don't have any other specifications other than Q. Um, I have they, them pronouns for Q. Okay. But I don't think that helps you. Quartz. Perfect. <laughs> I love this. Okay, so Claudia admits to her other coworker, Quartz, that she's been cold to Evan in fear of her attraction to him, knowing that it could only lead to poor decisions and potentially risk both of their positions at the store. The jobs they worked were their dream jobs and an obviously doomed romance was going to set everything off kilter. What she doesn't know is that Evan overhears the whole thing one shelf away after coming back with supplies for the cafe. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. In this situation, um, I, I want you to attack this from two perspectives. I want you to look at this through Evan's perspective of what does he do with this information and I want you to also give me uh, some introspection into what Melvin is thinking about all of this. Thank you so much for asking. Melvin is 
Starting with Melvin. <laughs> the most important character of this story. Melvin is just thinking how it's really annoying that everyone is insisting on being in his presence. Yeah. Um, and like while he does appreciate the occasional scritch under the chin or something mm. by certain people, he mainly doesn't like that people feel entitled to, you know, his presence uh, mm -hmm. during their shopping experience. Yeah. It's really not his vibe. And so, yeah, mostly he's just thinking about that. Um, he doesn't really give a shit about anybody else. <laughs> Honestly, Melvin is a really good lesson in uh, consent in this book, which sometimes is really needed in rom-coms. So, Evan... He he is also thinking about consent because he now has information that really he shouldn't have. It was information given to a trusted friend and coworker by someone uh, under the assumption that that was the only person that was hearing it. And he has watched enough rom-coms to know that he will be the asshole if he tries to use this in any way, shape, or form for himself. So ultimately, I think... Uh, Evan would be the type of person that uh, will either I honestly I think I think he's probably a pretty honest guy so I think he'll probably have a convert I'm, I'm hoping he'll have a conversation with Claudia about this or at least hint at it like even if he doesn't say it directly he'll just like let her know that he overheard this conversation so Evan doesn't let Claudia know that he heard but he's also not an asshole so he's not gonna like use this against her to further any of his cause hearing this evan realizes that he has to make a decision does he stay his course of trying to get claudia to like him knowing that claudia may have genuine feelings for him or does he abandon the idea and fear that he may prove claudia's own fears to be true after all, as much as he wants love and as much as he likes Claudia, he doesn't have the best track record when it comes to relationships and he doesn't want to be the one who proves her right. So he shifts course. He still wanted to be friends with Claudia, but he decided he wouldn't push it. He stops pushing. He stops trying so hard. He, you know, kind of lays off what he had been doing up to that point. And once he stops trying so hard, Claudia thaws a bit more to his presence, deciding that the best way to unwind her crush was to get to know him more and attempt a friendship instead. After all, what is a crush if not lack of information? Soon, they begin growing closer as friends, but Evan can't help but feel like he wanted more with Claudia after all. But at this point, he wasn't even sure if Claudia still liked him. So one evening, Claudia calls Evan in a panic because her sink has sprung a massive leak and she didn't know who else to call. He's the one who lives closest by and is probably the most handy because he fixes stuff around the cafe all the time. Of course he does. You know how finicky um, espresso machines can be. Worse still, she lives in the flat above the bookstore. So a leak not only messes up her living space, but also puts the store at risk. He rushes right over and the crisis is quickly averted, but not before both of them are absolutely soaking wet. With the plumber not being able to come until the next morning to solve the problem to its entirety, 
Evan asked Claudia if she would like to come over to his place and get cleaned up and spend the night because her place, you know, just had flooding. She, it's not like she can use the shower because the water had to be shut off. It's not like she can even use the toilet because the water had to be shut off. If you're Claudia, do you, do you take him up on it? To stay at his place? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm working at a romance bookstore. I don't think I'm exactly rolling in dough. I think I might ask Quartz if uh, I could stay at their place. But if I don't have any other friends in town, then, I mean, how long can a leak take to fix? Exactly. The plumber is going to be there the next morning. You know, it's not it's not terrible. So Claudia hesitates, but she does agree. Nothing can happen because he's not interested, right? At least not that she's aware of. He backed off. They're just friends now. He gave up on the flirtation and she may still have feelings for him, but what does that matter? They go over to his place after Claudia packs the bag and there they watch. What movie do they watch? In my head, I kind of envision them watching a horror movie. Um, so they end up watching this horror movie and she ends up falling asleep, propped up next to him, like, you know, head over on shoulder situation. And she wakes up at 2am to him uncomfortably sitting, like sleeping, sitting up and goes to move and wake him up when he sleepily pulls her into a cuddle in a much more comfortable laying position. Scandalous. I know. Well, it would have been more comfortable if this wasn't a guy that she still desperately wanted to date, but knew that she couldn't. So she has to make the decision, does she stay or does she leave? Mm. Classic clash decision. Should she stay or should she go now? I mean, I think that she's going to run away. You would be correct. She does. She leaves. So the next week, the next following week, Claudia is more distant and either doesn't talk to other people at the store or snaps at them like she has driven away customers when they ask for her recommendations because she tells them that there isn't a single book in the store that she would deign to read Um, and because she is she is just not. And so she is, she's not someone you want to be around. And uh, she just, she's so mad. She couldn't believe that she put herself in a situation to feel so conflicted and had fucked up a genuinely good friendship. Meanwhile, Evan feels terrible for making her uncomfortable and wishes he could take it all back. Like he was, he was just so tired. He didn't really, it was just like, you know, his brain didn't really click with what was happening until it happened. And then he just knew that it was fucked up. This culminates in Evan and Claudia physically running into one another with Evan spilling his iced coffee down Claudia's shirt. (sighs) Claudia goes to snap at Evan, but instead she just bursts into tears. Oh, honey. I know. We love girlies who cry when they're mad. They are a superior type of being. But so this ends up, Evan panics and pushes her upstairs to her flat to get cleaned up, but to also sort this situation out. Like, this is not okay anymore. 
In a complete word vomit, Claudia admits to her feelings and asks Evan to let her down easy so she doesn't have to keep going in the way that she had been. If you're Evan, what do you do? This girl that you really, this woman that you really like just admits that she has feelings for you too and then asks you to reject her. I mean, I think if he genuinely likes her, I think here's your opportunity, bro. She just told you to your face. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer information you're working with cleverly behind her back, being an asshole about the whole thing. Like you now have permission to do with this information what you will. It's been given to you. So Mm -hmm. I think he likes her. I think he should just say that he likes her. I'm a little concerned with this being a man and a woman that that won't happen, but. Well, have no fear. Evan, very flustered, says that he can't let her down easy because they feel the same way. And then they kiss. Because obviously they do. So they begin dating after that. But Claudia insists that it remain as casual as possible. No admissions of feelings, no titles, nothing like that. Because she cannot handle that level of commitment. Like they are going out. They are experiencing what it could be like to date one another, but she doesn't want the whole boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. She doesn't want him overly expressing his feelings. I have to interrupt you briefly to introduce our wild card for this Wild card. Wild card. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew, pew. Your wild card tonight is laser tag. Okay, I think I can work this in right now. (laughs) You don't have to be right now. I'm glad you cut it now because afterwards it would have been very strange. Uh, You know what? Actually, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're, you know, we have them dating. They are getting close, everything like that. In this moment, I want a laser tag scene, not unlike the... Paint paintball scene. scene in t- exactly yes yes which exactly. by the way where the heck do you find paintball that is water balloon paintball and not assault rifle paintball yeah can we have that because i don't want a big bruise on my ass cheek from being do you want to go at- into business with me and we'll just have a water balloon paintball facility Let's just make this the third business that I'd like to enter into with you. (laughs) This is perfect. Let's just keep racking them up. Like, yes. Done. Shit. We shook on it and everything. You guys didn't see that, but it happened. Um, So, yeah. So, we have, like, this beautiful montage. They're going on dates. They're doing laser tag a la Heath Ledger. I mean, it's great until it's not. Because Claudia and Evan learn that Gertrude intends to sell the bookstore slash cafe, deciding it was too much upkeep for her age and her kids don't want to run it. No, Gertrude! I know. Gertrude might have... You know what? We'll get to that in a second. Hold on. We'll get there. So... Realizing that she's about to lose something so important to her Evan tries to comfort her and Claudia picks a fight and is like 
you don't even know how much this store means to me. And they have this big blow up because he's like, I do know how much it means to you because the cafe means just as much to me. And she's like, you've been working there for, you know, six, eight months. You have no idea. I've been working at this store for like a decade. I, you know, she intends to die in this store kind of vibes. So she breaks up with him right then and there. They're having this fight in a supply in the supply closet of the store and she storms off. I can't talk to you right now. And I don't know if I want to. And just picks up and leaves. Evan does that like sad thing that people do in movies where he like leans back against a, like a filing cabinet and slides down it. Usually it's done on a wall or a door. But in this case, it's a filing cabinet that's like. Ow. Yeah. Well, it's like one of those smooth ones where the, the handle is actually like a dip and like grip sort of thing. Oh, okay. Up. I was yeah. imagining the yellow, uh, the, the yellow, the metal. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> the metal uh, hardware is sticking out. Yeah. No, no. It's, it's like the, you like stick your finger and there might be like, you know, a, a spider. You're always nervous, but okay. Anyway. So, you know, he's thinking back to the great times that they've had of laser tag, etc. And he kind of looks over, he, you know, he's sitting down now, sad against a filing cabinet and looks over and in between the wall and the filing cabinet is this envelope full of paper and he opens it up and it's five rejection letters sat atop a manuscript of a romance novel. It's her romance novel that she had written like five years ago. Claudia's romance novel or Gertrude's romance novel? Claudia's. Okay. Because Claudia's been managing the story this whole time. Gertrude probably lives in Florida. Ugh. Florida. Anyway. I I didn't know we hated Gertrude. Look, I didn't want to I didn't want to tell you this, but unfortunately Gertrude is the villain of the story. Well, I've yeah. been like coming up with possible like casting in my head and I feel like this information changes who I might place in this role, so good to I know. I understand. Yeah. Evan is now faced with a choice. He realizes that this is a manuscript of a book that Claudia has written. Obviously, it's not been published because, you know, the five rejection letters are sat atop it. Does he read it? Mm, No. I mean, no is in he shouldn't read it. I do think he will read it. (laughs) So he does. um, And that'll come back later. Because in the meantime, we have a far more pressing issue. Um, All of these people are about to lose their job, potentially, um, because this bookstore might and cafe might be bought. Now, it may still stay the same, you know, it might still end up being a bookstore and a cafe together. Might not be. They don't know who's going to buy it. Um, But even so, that doesn't guarantee that they're going to be kept on. I mean, even Melvin is worried about losing his job that he's held for seven years. Okay. He's not the longest employee there, but by God, he's up there. He is a senior level team member. Claudia is 
essentially back to being distant and withdrawn from everyone she she just won't talk about the store being bought potentially closing anything she is acting like everything is business as usual because the other risk is too like what if they don't want her to keep her flat then she's got no place to live no place to work her and melvin are out on the streets that is until behind all the scenes while Claudia is trying to just keep the store afloat as it is now. Evan and the rest of the team have put together this fundraiser to allow all of the employees as a group to buy the bookstore and the cafe Mm. through like this co-op ownership. He also, during this time sends claudia's manuscript out far and wide to like every publisher that he can think of sorry where where is this taking place you know that's a great question love that question um i went back and forth we could do a classic new york we could do a classic london maybe um but we could also do i don't know like fucking kansas city who knows Mm. where do you want it to be Uh, well i think my concern from a logistics standpoint is that if we're in a really expensive city Mm -hmm. on any of the coasts um i just don't really see how it's possible for them to like buy this from the bookstore owner who from my in like from the impression i'm getting of this woman like just doesn't really care about the bookstore and is just selling it because of the money since none of her kids want it which like Mm -hmm. will you adopt me and gift me the store like (laughs) i don't even care that it's romance like just give me the bookstore yeah i honestly kind of imagined it i guess too ultimately i think i would like it to be set in tourist kind of town where it would make sense like it would be accessible to people who don't live there but it wouldn't be priced out enough that this would seem illogical okay well uh please write in to love at first screening at gmail.com to submit your town Perfect. You can also DM us on Instagram at Love at First Screening. Tell us where this story should be set because I didn't decide. That can be, well, we'll ask everybody on Instagram where this story Perfect. should be set. It'll be an I open. love it. Submit your, submit your answers. Excellent. So we have Evan working behind the scenes, basically unionizing the staff, um, to help them rally together for this co-op ownership of this bookstore. And he's also meddling with Claudia's manuscript. Okay, wait. I just came up with a twist <gasps> that a la, okay. a la the season finale or series finale of <gasps> What if you have... This is really not spoilers. <laughs> it's like a very minor <laughs> thing that happens in case anyone hasn't seen what if you have um 
kind of like Twyla, who is like secretly really wealthy and then ends Quartz. up buying the cafe. Quartz buys the bookstore. Oh my God. Because they're yes. just secretly wealthy. Yes. For some unknown reason. Like, I don't know. Just some random reason. I think oh Twyla God. had won the lottery. So maybe like Quartz had some random relative they had never met die and inherited a bunch of money because that person didn't have any children. Okay. Oh, yeah. I so have an idea. Okay. What if Quartz inherits this family money, but they've never spent it? Like they've just left it like accruing interest in a bank account because they come from like an old oil money family and they're Ooh. like that is morally nasty money i don't want to spend it unless it's for an excellent cause yeah yes okay perfect i like that better than my co-op idea so rewrite this is what happens in studios guys <laughs> when there's actually a writer's room and people are getting paid Yes. Okay. So we have courts coming in, but trying to do it kind of secretly, like Evan's aware of it, but courts doesn't want everyone to know that they're saving the day because they don't want questions about like, where'd you get the money and stuff like that. Like, it's just not. Are you a secret oil baron? Exactly. <laughs> aren't we all who knows that's the secret part of it <laughs> madison i can't tell you if i'm a secret oil baron <laughs> that negates the secret part i'm not a public um, oil baron <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it'll ruin the mystique oh my god i love that so much maybe we can have Maybe Evan has, like, a, a sister who's in contract or, like, real estate law. And so he's able to hook Quartz up with the sister to draw up the all the contracts needed and everything to buy the bookstore and cafe. Mm -hmm. And Claudia knows none of this. And so on the last day, <laughs> what... I'll tell you later. Okay. We're not there yet. Okay. But, when I, but when I say the thing at the appropriate time, I just want you to know this is Okay. So. <laughs> okay, so there are 60 days for the bookstore to sell. <laughs> I don't want to know, but I will wait. On the 60th day, when Claudia is convinced that they're going to have to pack up the bookstore and shut down the cafe and everything, the courts lets Evan tell Claudia that the bookstore has been bought and that it will stay exactly the same and that this anonymous owner would actually like to give Claudia the bookstore. And on top of that, he got an acceptance letter from an editor for her manuscript. 
Now, of mm. course, this is working in a completely fabricated timeline because there's no way in hell that he would get that within 60 days. But, well, first, she's obviously elated about the bookstore, but she's really fucking confused about the manuscript. How did he know about that? So he has to, like, admit to everything that he has been doing recently sans court's involvement. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? Am I just supposed to forgive you? Does Do you think, like, did you do, is this your big grand gesture to win me back? I appreciate your help, but what I don't appreciate is your meddling. Like, you don't know anything about like basically you don't know anything about me and he goes but I do know about you I read your book and I know that even if you have convinced yourself that you don't want love you do because it is in every single page of what you wrote and I know that you've been disappointed and I know that you've been let down by people in your life but don't push me away because you're too afraid of what this could be what should claudia do um i feel like this is gonna be one of those moments where like it's like stunned like she's stunned and then Mm -hmm. she's gonna get angry again but then Mm -hmm. she's gonna angrily smash her face on his face exactly this is exactly what happens so Then we're going to cut to a year and a half later to a much more relaxed, much happier Claudia with a still very happy, still very over-caffeinated Evan. And Melvin is there in the last shot while she is shelving books. Yeah. 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 Also, she's a published author. Like, she has signed copies of her book in the store great yeah it's so. very cute my one critique is that i don't i don't know that the grumpy sunshine is played up enough for me but i i still enjoyed the story i understand i think that if there had been like if i had been able to include um better excerpts of dialogue for you mm, it mm-hmm. would have been better i'm i also think that we need to um make it very clear that claudia is um very snarky very cynical heavily tattooed and is an anarchist okay great that's my story i have cast your story oh. obviously we can discuss but I've been I'm, thinking about I'm this. So, ready. so I was prepared. So I think that Claudia should be Jamie Clayton. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think she could give off like immaculate grumpy vibes. Yes. Like I've seen her play like very wonderfully upbeat people, but I just think that she could be grumpy. Yeah, she has a good face for Grumpy. Like, that, oh, that sounds mean, but, like, you know what I mean. Like, she has, like, really good facial control of her expressions and her, it's the eyebrows. She has, I can be Grumpy eyebrows that are necessary to play a character like Claudia. Mm -hmm. So then my proposal for Evan is Raymond a block. Ooh. Yeah. 
And I've just seen him in a lot of roles where he's just kind of like the the side guy, like the guy that's clearly never going to get the girl that he wants. And mm-hmm. so I just, I would like him to get the girl that he wants. He is perfect for this role. So, yeah. So that's my... Now, originally, I was thinking Debbie Allen for Gertrude, but then I found out that she's the villain. And I, I think... I was originally imagining Gertrude as like this kind of like, yeah, she's not always there, but she's kind of like this. She wears a lot of flowy like jewelry. Like, I don't know. Like she was going to mm-hmm. be like this kind of like mysterious older lady that like owns a re- re- um a bookstore. She's maybe not like super involved, but that's who I was imagining. Mm-hmm. Now that I know that she's the villain, the villain and colder, my first instinct was to cast Meryl Streep. I don't really have an alternative. I'm open to suggestions, but I don't think we can get better than Meryl. So. Yeah, I think the only. Because, like, my first instinct slightly was, like, Helen Mirren, but I can't do Helen like that. She deserves more. Um, And I think that Meryl Streep would have fun in the role. Mm-hmm. Because you originally think that she's just, you know, this kooky older woman who just whatever. But then you find out she's the villain. I feel like Meryl needs to be able to play a villain sometimes. She's just so good at what she does. Yeah. I think Quartz should be Nico Tortorella. That really great mix of mask and femme that they have going. They feel like somebody that would be a secret oil band. <laughs> Yeah, they're hot enough to be secret little bears. Yeah. So <laughs> perfect. I love that. Oh my gosh, this is so easy. I didn't even have to. Oh, I will say that I want um the cat. So there's a cat mm-hmm. in um the first Tom Holland that's in a cafe like in the very beginning of the movie and the cafe gets blown up but the cat is okay i want that cat to play melvin great and then i know that we didn't give her a name but evan's lawyer sister i think Mm -hmm. should be richa morjani oh yes absolutely i think that's that's our cast oh my god you did this so like i no notes i tried to do it while you were talking although there was a couple of times where i think i almost missed something so like you know (laughs) do what you will with that there is one more uh person that we have to cast though and that is a stanley tucci are you ready for this Stanley Tucci will be our narrator, but in the end of the movie, it's revealed. Did we make a rom-com? Mm. 
that is that is the question so <clears throat> all right let's go through it let's let's do it i was hoping if i said that i would come up with the first question <laughs> do they do they do they date thank you <laughs> let's do it let's do it let's do it she still doesn't right. come up with the question okay <clears throat> do they date i think i yeah they don't date a ton but they date yeah we don't see them dating a whole lot just because we condense it to a montage of well and i think a lot of the emotional stuff that happens is not really between the two of them it's kind of the two of them having discovering the other person by themselves if that makes sense like he yeah is reading her novel she's letting herself grow a friendship with him yeah yeah so So, i think i think that's very true i guess it counts but it's not as like prevalent as i think a lot of other stories have been yeah they this is there's a lot more exactly like you said there's a lot more separate discovery of one another rather than that being a joint effort um so yes but underdeveloped okay so then uh did we laugh and was I mean, that laughter a result of comedy that is important to the story? Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, so, I think the comedy isn't so much humor as it is like farcical in like a very traditional comedy sense. So I would I would say that again it's there um and it would probably be more developed within the dialogue that would help grow the grumpy sunshine dynamic because I feel like that dynamic in and of itself lends itself more to humor. Mm-hmm. But it is far more dramatic than it is comedic. Yeah. I would give it like a a sort of I'd give it like a half pass in that regard. Mm-hmm. but not really because it'd be more like it'd be more like some other films that we have watched in the past where there were funny moments but it was I'm thinking of one film in particular but it's just like the characters were more quirky than it was like steeped in humor mm-hmm. so uh and then our last question is love in the driver's seat. Is romantic love what is propelling this plot forward? I'm a little skeptical. It's weird because Claudia's is very much about self-actualization um, when it comes to the comfort with the idea of romantic love and i have no doubt that she loves evan i have no doubt that like there is romance between them but her journey and her growth is has less to do with evan as a romantic partner and more so with the concept of romance evan is almost there just as like a supporting character of Claudia's journey. He doesn't really have much of the journey himself because from the very beginning, he's open to the relationship. Like he doesn't really go through much character development. He just kind of is as he is from the start. 
Um, Claudia is really the only one that goes on much of a journey in this. The idea of romance is in the driver's seat, like um, as a, a lens of self-discovery. But the romantic pairing itself, I would say no. It's more of a vehicle for that than anything else. I feel like if you reposition it, like I, I feel like in this story, we've given a almost split point of view where we're seeing both Evan and Claudia's like what's going on with each of them Mm -hmm. whereas I feel like if if we look at a lot of rom-coms that are like not all of them but a lot of them it's like this is the leading like main character and then Mm -hmm we don't get a whole lot of scenes with the love interest being behind the scenes. Like we don't see a lot of their perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, We only see scenes that are like overheard by other characters or something like that, where it's information that if we were in this world, we might have access to if we Mm -hmm. were in the right place at the right time, but certainly not like private moments that they like where they are by themselves. right? Right. Because they are not the, main character um so i think that i mean i don't want to omit evan's point of view from the story but i feel like i wonder maybe that is why it feels not quite like the love is propelling it forward because it's like i don't know yeah so maybe if we We still get, you know, these sort of moments with Evan, but rather than having a lot of it be represented through his actions, have it more represented through Claudia's reactions to it all. Like, just kind of let it happen rather than explaining much of it. I don't really want to change the story, but I think... I don't feel like the tension of the story was like hanging on whether or not they got together. Yeah. It was kind of whether or not the two of them could resolve their personal like hangups when it comes Mm -hmm. to romance, which I guess it it maybe is just a different way of, of having romance drive the plot. Like, I don't know. I feel like romance was the destination and not so much the the like road to get there yeah no that makes sense would we give this any semblance of a point look it's the kind of story that feels like a Mm rom-com even though if it might not technically by its government name be one you know what i mean (laughs) and um well i mean since claudia is an anarchist uh she says fuck the government uh you choose your name and let everyone call you that regardless of what they want to assign you great now madison how badly do we want to see this movie Eh. (laughs) (laughs) i wrote this (laughs) she's like "Ah, it's not my best work no it's not um Well, Chelsea, what are my options? What can I choose from? Well, you can just say, look, I've already made plans to rewatch. 
You could pirate it. You could wait for it to be on DVD or streaming. You can catch it in the theater when you have a chance. Or you could door bust opening day. I I think if I saw a really well-made trailer of it, I would stream it. But if I just read the description of it, I'd be more inclined to like pirate it when I want to have a free movie night. Mm hmm. Yeah. I'm definitely not seeing this in the theater, but I adore Jamie Clayton. So I think I probably would watch it um, mm-hmm. at some point. So I'm definitely somewhere in between waiting for it to be on streaming and pirating it somewhere in that realm. Like probably I'm getting a password from someone. Ooh, yeah. You know what I mean? Let's make yeah, like that. Let's make illegal that the password sharing. <gasps> illegal password sharing. It's not a victimless crime. Think <laughs> of all those billion dollar worth streaming services that you are stealing money from. Don't you feel so bad? They might not be able to buy their 15th yacht. Look, when it comes to password sharing, all I got to say is I'm pro whale. Oh yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Big whale fan. You know, for anyone who could be listening to this, like, years down the line, they dug it up out of a dusty closet or something like that. They'll be like, why are they talking about whales? And then they're going to learn of the great whales of 2023 and how they went around sinking yachts. (laughs) We stand the whales. You know what? I've always been very pro whale conservation. And now I really know why. Well, Chelsea, I'm glad that I wrote something and you cast it well enough that you would be willing to (laughs) password steal. This honestly just makes me feel honored. I could be the next Emily Henry. Who knows? Mm. But of movies. That's a goal. Yeah. Speaking of goals, Chelsea, I just want to remind anyone listening um, that if they haven't read and or listened to boyfriend material by alexis hall they need to because that's a that's a book that knows how to be fucking funny that is an author who knows how to write true rom and true calm true rom true calm also at some point this season probably in a bonus episode uh we will be Talking all about both boyfriend material and its sequel, husband material, because I got a lot of so thoughts. Good. Yeah, I'm I'm re-listening to it right now. I mean, full disclosure, both of us are fans of these novels, but you know, if you want to get a jump start, get a, get a little jump start, read them both. So by later this year, when our bonus episode comes out, you'll be like, I know what they're talking about. We're still going to do it. I Here's the thing. I wholeheartedly believe that anybody that listens to the podcast will skip that episode because they don't want to read two books. Um, but I'm still going to do it. Why, Madison? Because we podcast for us. We really do. And that's what I want to talk about. <laughs> Look, on the topic of password sharing, anyone who wants to listen to boyfriend material and husband material, I'm not saying that you can DM us for my audible password. But I'm not not saying that. So she's saying shoot your shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
slide into my DMs and ask me if he could have my Audible password. <laughs> Three different people already have it. Not including myself. So, you know what? Shoot your shot. I'll spread that shit like birdseed at a wedding. Or like a place where birds go that you want to be. <laughs> I don't know where they hang out. I don't trust them. Well, Chelsea, um, this has been amazing, but I have to go water my loofahs. Before you do that, do you want to tell me what I'll be creating for our next road trip? Where are we going? What's oh, happening? My goodness. Yes. I want nothing more. Sexy secret rock star. Mm, so this week we had a secret oil baron. Yep. And, and next, next week, week we're gonna have a secret rock star. All right, who's I, I also can, I sexy? Can, I can do secret rock star. Perfect. Okay. Get the wheels turning. Yeah, listen to some "You and Me at Six and just really. That's not the band. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you, me at six. I'm not cool like you, Chelsea. You, I they. They actually weren't one of my primary bands that I was in the pop punk scene, but they just weren't. Well, who did I. you listen to? Um, I was like Fallout Boy. No, I was I was really into All Time Low, um, mm. for a long time. Now they're the band that I've seen a lot in person, but have like never actually watched them on stage because somehow I've ended up other places in the building while they're on stage. <laughs> Exactly. And I do um, like their music, but apparently I'm not as obsessed with them as I am other people. Yeah, them a uh, huge Paramore fan. How could you not be? Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's to say that Haley Williams is an awakening for so many people is an understatement. But uh yeah, uh Hey Monday, they were great. Listen to some state champs. Anyway, now I just listen to uh, country music. I don't know what that means. That's a lie. I listen to <laughs> indie music, folk music, and country music. I've been listening. Okay, I've specifically been listening to a lot of three different country artists recently, and that is American Aquarium, uh, John Charles Dwyer, and Adeem the Artist. Are yeah. any of those the gay cowboy artists? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Adeem the Artist is a non-binary musician, and they make amazing music. They have this one song called I Wish You Would Have Been a Cowboy, which is basically just like, hey, Toby Keith, take the fucking boot out of your mouth, you asshole. And like, vibes, straight vibes, well, queer vibes, if you will. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and then... John Charles Dwyer is a small uh, artist out of Asheville, uh, American Aquarium. They've been together for a very long time. I only recently came to know them, but yeah, so would recommend all of those. Uh, American Aquarium has a really good song called A Better South. That's basically talking about how the South hasn't always uh, and still isn't always uh, historically uh, been on a positive side of things, um, but uh, believes that it can be better through the people in it rather than the 
really loud assholes. All right. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been great. Uh, I'm really glad that we all agree that Stanley Tucci should be Melvin the cat Uh, who's our secret narrator there are two secrets to the success of this story a secret oil baron and Stanley Tucci as Melvin the cat a secret (laughs) tooch All right, so we are Love at First Screening. We're here every Wednesday talking, at least for the time being, about (laughs) new rom-coms that we come up with with very little time to prepare them. (laughs) I know. We have, guys, I hope you know, we have like six days to put these together. Yeah. And to be honest, both of us are world class procrastinators. So, oh yeah, it's not like we take the whole six days. <laughs> no, we usually take about two and a half. So, um, yeah. So uh, you can uh, find us uh, on Instagram at Love at First Screening. Send us a DM. Let us know which city you think that this should take place in. Where should our romance bookstore? be also you didn't name the bookstore and i think i think we need a name maybe we're gonna ask two questions on instagram so follow us i love it for screening look in our stories because we ask some cool questions following the release of the most current episode and you can also write in let us you know what you think of these road trips we've been taking everybody on uh you can send an email to love it for screening at gmail.com thank you so much for joining us Until next time, secret Secret (laughs) tooth.